Check out the SW Theory merch shop down below. Hey everyone, how are you all doing today? So in The Empire Strikes Back, if you remember, Luke lost a lot. He lost his hand and his lightsaber, or rather his father's lightsaber. However, in the book, Jedi vs. Sith, The Essential Guide to the Force, Luke actually writes about his experience and what he exactly did after that fight, which we never find out about in the movies. So, here we go. Many contemporary Jedi have expressed interest in the history of Luke Skywalker's first lightsaber, which originally belonged to his father, Anakin. It is unknown whether Anakin returned to Ilum to make his second lightsaber, but Ilum crystals were used to create the blue-bladed weapon that he used throughout the Clone Wars. R2-D2 eventually yielded hollow recordings that revealed previously unknown details details about Anakin's transformation into Darth Vader, including the fact that he slaughtered many Jedi on Coruscant before Obi-Wan Kenobi tracked him to the planet Mustafar. Vader was mortally wounded in the resulting duel with Kenobi, who left Mustafar with his former Padawan's lightsaber. The weapon would remain in Kenobi's possession for 19 years, until he presented it to Luke Skywalker on Tatooine. In 3 ABY, Luke lost both the lightsaber and his right hand in his own duel with Darth Vader on Cloud City. Luke's right hand was replaced with a cybernetic prosthetic, and he followed instructions from a book he'd found in Obi-Wan Kenobi's abandoned home on Tatooine to construct a new lightsaber. Eight years later, Luke related this experience to his first students at the Jedi Praxium on Yavin 4. I not only lost my lightsaber and right hand on Cloud City, but lost a friend too. Darth Vader had Han Solo frozen in carbonite, then released Han's frozen form to the bounty hunter Boba Fett. After my hand had been replaced with this prosthetic, I eventually went to Tatooine, where I hoped to intercept Boba Fett before he delivered Han to Jabba the Hutt, the gangster who had placed the bounty on Han. While on Tatooine, I hid out in the small house where Obi-Wan Kenobi had lived as Ben Kenobi. Obi-Wan hadn't left much behind, which is only appropriate. It is not the way of the Jedi to accumulate possessions. Still, given the number of scavengers on Tatooine, I was surprised to find anything still in his home, which seemed to have gone unoccupied since his departure. One thing I found was what appeared to be an old and intricately carved boa wood trunk, but was actually a keypad safe box. It's a good thing no one else ever attempted to open the box. Somehow, Obi-Wan had rigged it with a thumbprint clasp that would only yield to my touch, along with a flash packet that would have caused the box to burst into flame and explode if anyone else had tried. The box held Obi-Wan's journal and an ancient leather-bound book that contained, among other things, plans for building a lightsaber. I hadn't had any communication with Obi-Wan's spirit since I'd left Dagobah, just before my duel with Vader on Cloud City, so I was astonished to find this book when I did. It was as if Obi-Wan had anticipated that I would lose my lightsaber, and had left this book behind to help me. According to Obi-Wan's book, the best lightsabers used natural jewels, preferably three jewels with different densities and facets to construct a fully adjustable blade. Because there weren't a lot of natural jewels lying around where I could find them on Tatooine, I realized I would have to keep the construction as simple as possible and limit my new lightsaber to a single jewel. I followed the book's instructions to the letter. I managed to collect most of the electronic and mechanical parts, power cells, controls, a high-energy reflector cup from merchants in Mos Eisley. The text maintained that building a personal lightsaber was a rite of passage for a Jedi, 
and that a Jedi Master could construct a new lightsaber in a couple of days. I was hardly a Jedi Master. I triple checked each step, doing my best to ensure that when I finally pressed the switch to activate the weapon, it would work. My greatest concern was that I would press that switch and the lightsaber would blow up, vaporizing me. All because I hadn't tuned it quite right. After nearly a month of tinkering and checking, I still had to make my own focusing jewel. I used a little furnace to heat and pressurize the jewel. When it was done, I had to cut the jewel, polish and install it, and tune the photoharmonics. The cuts were tricky. One wrong tap with the shearing tool and I could have shattered the jewel. And then I'd have to cook another one and start over. When I finally completed the lightsaber, I took it outside to Obi-Wan's house. Only R2-D2 was with me at the time. And I told him to go back inside. It may sound ridiculous, but I thought if something went wrong, I needed someone to tell Leia that Luke Skywalker, the galaxy's biggest idiot, had flash flamed himself into a black crisp because he couldn't follow an elementary circuit diagram. I waited until R2 was out of sight before I pushed the control button. I felt both relief and satisfaction when the blade ignited as expected. I waved it experimentally to find that it had a good balance maybe even better than my first one. Holding one hand near the blade, I felt no sensation of heat, which meant the conductors were working. I tested the blade by whipping it down at an angle to cleave through a wrist-thick chunk of rock. It passed through the rock easily, leaving a smooth cut. And so, it was that I carried this lightsaber with me when I next confronted Darth Vader. Except for the color of his lightsaber's blade, I don't know that there were any significant differences between his weapon and mine. My only advantage in that duel was that I knew there was still goodness in my my father. I hope my account conveys that no one should construct a lightsaber in haste. To those of you who have yet to wield a lightsaber, I urge you to be patient. After using training sabers to learn the basics of lightsaber combat, you will examine our collection of ancient lightsabers that were recovered from Ossus last year. Soon, you will learn to build your own. Now, as many of us loved Luke's green lightsaber, which was designed on Obi-Wan's hilt, which is why they look so similar, a lot of us were saddened to not really see much of it at all in The Last Jedi. But in The Last Jedi novel, we do finally get some word of it from the caretakers of the island. They took Luke's weapon after he died and bundled it up with his other belongings and put it away. Something else that I want to mention which is a bit irrelevant from this story but I think it'll start a good conversation piece in the comments down below is that in the novel for The Last Jedi, Luke heard a voice as he was dying. And you've heard me say this many times before. But he heard a voice that said, let go. And it's not clear as to who said this, but I believe that it was either Obi-Wan or Anakin. I'd like to believe it was Anakin. But I want to hear what your thoughts are down below. And maybe we'll find out who this voice belonged to in episode 9. Or maybe some book or something. I hope you enjoyed this bit of information that Luke wrote and told his students about how he built his first green lightsaber from Obi-Wan's instructions. Thank you so much for watching this video. Have an awesome rest of your day. Hit like if you enjoyed it and I will see you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always. Now, fulfill.